Hello and welcome to the Persephone program for May 2nd, 2022. And I have an exciting addition, which is that I have brought on two astrologers that I follow on Instagram and that I really enjoy. And I'd like to introduce you to Jordan Sperry and Lori Randall. Uh, Lori, how do you pronounce it again? I'm sorry. Oh, everybody <laughs> asks. Stradman, Lori Randall Stradman. Of the Astrology of Happiness and Jordan Sperry of Astro Banditry. Uh, so hello and welcome to you both. Thank you. Happy to so, be here. Yeah, I'm so excited. We did this last second. It was really over the solar eclipse in Taurus that I got really excited to talk about the astrology of now with a couple other astrologers and see what happens. We'll also talk, we'll talk, we're going to talk about the astrology of May, the eclipses, maybe a little bit about some uh, celebrities in the news, perhaps. Um, so welcome to you both and thanks. Thank you. Thank you for having so, me. Yeah. Um, Lori, mm -hmm. tell me a little bit about you, your, how you found astrology and what brought you to astrology, how long you've been practicing, um, all that good stuff. So I, um, I was one of those kids in school, like in elementary school, I read every single book in the library about mythology, anything touching on witchcraft, any of that. Of course, I went to Catholic school. So, you know, it, there were limitations. <laughs> uh, but um, in high school, I was doing, I would go to the public library and I would, I would just, I was started doing charts then and I was completely fascinated and enraptured. Um, my parents weren't. Um, so I, I, I spent some more time in organized religion and I became known as a prophetess. Like, so all that, that grand water trine, the intuitive intuition, I got to exercise it a lot using that. And then over the past few years, especially starting in 2012, my interest got a lot more focused on astrology. I was still doing online reputation management, which I'm known for. That's what the books are there. Yeah. Um, it's because uh, when I left religion, I'm like, you know what, we're getting out of all the spiritual stuff, but it's like, I just couldn't, you know, I just couldn't. And um, so astrology just, it kind of grabbed me by the metaphorical lapels as it were. And it was like, this is what we're doing. <laughs> and I actually, um, um, can I tell you a lightning quick story? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I had this moment of decision about really getting into astrology publicly coming out of that astrological closet. Cause I was taking tons of courses, studying my guts out tons of books and just utterly fascinated with it. And I was still very much known for doing online reputation management. And, you know, I've, I've been, my book's in the Library of Congress. It's taught in college level. Like it's, so it's like, uh, and it's the same kind of analytical thinking and pattern finding. It's just in a different way. Uh, and like, so I just sat there with, with the divine because I don't have anything official there. But I was like, okay, if you really want me to do this, like if you really, really, really want me to just put it out there in public and potentially ruin my reputation, you know, not, uh, I need a sign. I need a, a top level, like I need, I need two things. First thing is I need a sign. 
And I swear to you, at that moment, I looked up from where I was sitting in my office and I had, um, it was in the second floor in a heavily wooded lot with a little stream. I just glanced up out of the window. It's not like I was like, where's my sign? You know, I was just kind of glanced up and this huge great blue heron just went right by the window. And we don't, never seen one there before or since. I was like, okay, all right, all right. Okay, okay, okay. And the next one was I wanted to work with interplanetary souls, people who have probably spent most of their incarnations elsewhere and are here at this very specific time to help humanity to level up. And so that's, those are the kind of people I want to work with. That's who finds me. Yeah. I think setting an intention for your, your practice is really, really magical. That's an incredible story. Thanks. What about you, Jordan? Yeah, it's interesting because I think my entry into astrology, I think was like on the polar opposite end where <laughs> I was studying uh, physics in college and I was like very uh, atheistic, uh, like did not, I rejected religion at a really young age. Um, but in studying, you know, the more materialistic scientific worldview and, you know, I mean, I mean, I still love science and astronomy and stuff like that, but I found myself just finding more questions than answers, which is kind of what science does, right? I mean, it, it is about curiosity, about the order of the physical world and understanding it and making models and sense out of it and trying to understand it on a deeper deep, and deeper level um, and, uh, and proving it, you know, proving it. Uh, um, and uh, I found myself feeling just like an, a sense of a void internally where I just didn't find myself satisfied with the answer that there, that it's all just meaningless or chaotic or random, you know, the whatever, right. We don't know why the big bang happened. I uh, just did like, just deal with it. And like, that's the end of the story that, that sort of um, that absence of anything being interconnected uh and I wasn't really looking for answers on that. Um, but I just happened to meet friends at the right time in the right place in my life who uh, just happened to be talking about astrology. And there, it was just a period in my life where I was more open to that than I would have been. Um, it was kind of around my, like my Jupiter return, like 23 years old, 24, something like that, that I really started to be exposed to it. Um, and it just hit me like so many specific things that my friend who was pretty, uh, you know, he was fairly well read in astrology, just a few of the things that he said beyond just like my sun sign or whatever, you know, talking about the ascendant or talking about my moon sign or whatever that that just sort of like all of those pieces I could like very vividly see in myself. Um, they seem to really resonate. And so then that just became like a slow creep of interest over time. You know, it, it was still kind of like this cautious skepticism of astrology for a long time. I was still like, I don't know if this is real, but it's interesting. It's useful. Even if it's not real, it's useful. That was kind of like this intermediary where I'm like, you know, sort of, again, like rationalizing, trying to, my, again, that skeptic in my head was just so strong. And it's, you know, and I'm very earth 
heavy. Like I have an earth grand trine. So it's very hard to decondition that, like, mm. you know, that, that sort of, um, so, you know, that mind, that mindset once you're in it. Uh, and yeah, and I would say it was, yeah, I don't know. I, I really started to really dive into it maybe about four years ago. That's when I really started to, the light bulbs really started to go off in my head about all the synchronicities and, and seeing it play out in my life and the people around me. And, and then, yeah. And I started really practicing it about three years ago, like starting a page and, you know, kind of starting to write about it and, and whatnot. So. Mm-hmm. Wow. So um, I very much agree with you on the Jupiter transits and finding meaning, you know, Jupiter yeah. being guru, you know, and finding some meaning, finding spirituality. Uh, of course, to me, you know, astrology doesn't have to be, have to be used as a spiritual practice, you know, and it certainly isn't a religion and it's nothing that you need to believe in. It's something to know about. And it certainly is useful. I'm a double Capricorn, you know? (laughs) And the planet Saturn aspects, like almost every planet in my, in my chart. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm all about it being useful. I'm about it being experiential. Uh, and I really love how many like smart, like young men too, especially are like finding astrology and maybe in, you know, if you think about, I guess in a certain, you know, arena, you know, really it's, you know, the astrology podcast and, um, you know, and those hosts, you know, uh, oh my God, I can't remember his name. Yeah, Chris Brennan. Chris Brennan. Yeah. Chris Brennan. And he, and even Austin Kopik, you know, yeah. that are really bringing so many people into the, you know, astrology fold. And a lot of it is using traditional astrology or Hellenistic astrology, which really is the foundation of Western astrology. Um, uh, and you know, people are like, Oh, it's different. What kind of astrology do you practice? You know? And of course there is, there are many focuses of astrology, but certainly Hellenistic astrology is the foundation of Western astrology. Um, but I love that because when I grew up, you know, it was like the hippies, you know, it was very much a, um, humanistic centered psychological, uh, you know, astrology, um, that was very like sort of, it was more psychological than anything else. And again, it be, it was very, very useful, um, from a psychological standpoint, but I've found it to be so literal, you know, over the years, astrology can be, of course it is archetypal. And I always tell clients like astrology is archetypally predictive, meaning that you're going to say, if you're in a particular transit or you're going through a time period where there's something, you know, major, like a Saturn Pluto conjunction, you're going to experience the archetypal energies of these planets coming together in the Zodiac sign that they are. Um, but sometimes astrology is incredibly literal too. So it's, it's all the different things, you know, and that's why I love it. Yeah, totally. It really, really helps. Well, yeah. I, would, I guess you mentioned you wanted to touch on like, what, what would you say like your technique or like what, yeah, what kind of, uh, form of astrology do you sort of practice, um, yeah, I mean, that's a good question because there are some, especially now, you know, like I said, like when I first started, there wasn't all these different, except there was like sidereal, Vedic, and there was Western tropical. That was it. You know? <laughs> there wasn't like, you know, archetypal and evolutionary. There wasn't, I mean, 
Yeah. You know, that, that wasn't there. I mean, those, you know, the guys that started at Jeffrey, the evolutionary end, Jeffrey Wolf Green, you know, and Stephen Forrest, and that mm-hmm. whole group, um, they were just kind of starting out and writing their books and, and in many ways, like channeling, so, you know, it was very, in, you know, intuitive, you know, some of the, even like Demetra Gray and Melanie Reinhardt, some of the, the big, you know, older, I guess, astrology teachers, they, a lot of their original experience with astrology was more intuitive. So I would say that my astrology is a runs the gamut. However, um, it is, I have studied some sidereal astrology. I don't, I, I mean, I'm firmly a Western astrologer, but um, I don't call myself, you know, specifically an evolutionary astrologer or a karmic astrologer, but I think if I had to, it would probably be along the lines of evolutionary because I truly do see the chart as the prescription for, you know, a vitalized soulful life and that we are spiritual beings having earthly experience. That has been my personal experience with astrology. Yeah. What about you guys? Do you put a label on your astrology? I haven't noticed that. Yeah. I mean, it's been, I I would say it's pretty individualized. I mean, I actually do ascribe to a lot of the Hellenistic concepts now. Um, I kind of slowly sort of converted over to that over time. I just like the elegance of the system. I mean, I, before I was all about the, the Placidus chart and the, you know, the quadrant stuff. And, and I do, I really pay attention to those, those more modern elements still, but, um, I do like that. And, and I tend to also have a very kind of, um, I guess it's sort of in the vein of, um, I integrate a lot of tarot stuff into it. So there's, there is a bit of that hermetic kind of quality to the way that I do it. Um, like modern, modern, Mm -hmm. Kabbalistic. I borrow it. I, I don't like ascribe to it fully, but I do like borrow from it. Definitely. Um, I don't know what to call it, <laughs> what my, what my style is, but yeah, it, it does. I borrow from a number of things. I would say I, I do like the traditional rulers and all that stuff though. I do like the more classic elements. Yeah. I mean, I use those too. I, I, I've always been Pisces is ruled by Jupiter and Neptune, you know, and I think that the house systems are, I've heard them called different corridors on to the same gallery, you know, yeah. the same courtyard. Right. Mm-hmm. And so because astrology is so multidimensional, it really is, you know, whole sign houses, Placidus houses, Coke houses, my mom used Coke, you know, it, they're all going to tell a fairly similar story, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. that, that I feel like that as well. Not that I'm as well versed in it in every <laughs> expression of astrology but it's my sense that all roads lead to rome it just might be a little bit different um and my practice is is more evolutionary um but i just i haven't found anything that i don't love (laughs) astrology it's um i feel like it and with the charts that you shared with us with Johnny Depp and Amber Heard and Naomi Watts. I felt, I feel like a a kid in a candy store um, looking at those when I was preparing. Yeah. Yeah. Naomi Judd. So not Naomi Watts. Naomi Judd is part of the mother daughter duo, the Judds that were big, big country stars in the eighties and nineties. Um, so yeah, we can talk about those in a second, but I also want to like talk about, let's talk about May because guess what you guys, 
I don't know if you noticed, Mm -hmm. but the moment we started, um, well now we have moon conjunct Mercury and Gemini. Wow. Okay. Okay. I know it's like very talk about sign, you know, airwaves. Yeah. Intuitive. Um, so today we have, um, you know, moon and Mercury conjunction, but we also have, you know, Venus moving to Aries and that's like the first kind of like pow. I don't know. Do you guys feel more energized today than like the last week, which with the solar yes. eclipse was just a doozy. How do you feel? Yes. Yeah. Lori? And for me with Pluto stationing retrograde, normally I have a lot of physical energy and, um, I'm very, I'm just in a good place, but Friday and Saturday and Sunday, especially Friday and Saturday, I was like, I've never had one lay me out quite like that. And I don't mean that from the perspective of victim astrology, because I don't ascribe to that, <laughs> but it just, I mean, cause it, it's very much on my chart, uh, especially Pluto stationing. Cause it's almost on my ascendant right now. Oh yeah. Well, it'll be more powerful. Cause like Pluto is such a slow moving planet that it's, mm-hmm. it's station isn't as more as powerful as others, but it is the first planet to, you know, you know, after a period of time of all direct to station. So I think that happening right at the dark of the moon, right prior to the solar eclipse, heavy. Yeah. It was, um, it was really intense. And the eclipse is also very strongly aspecting my chart. So there's just a lot going on. It's, it's the buildup for when it crosses over onto my ascendant. So like all these pieces are coming together and they're telling the same story and it's like, yeah. So are you Aquarius ascendant or a 29 Capricorn or zero Aquarius, zero Aquarius. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. 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 What about you, Jordan? Um, Oh, wow. Oh man. Well, see, I'm a, so I'm a Taurus sun in the 12th house. So, and the eclipse was in my 12th house, but I had to work all weekend and I was just about as unmotivated (laughs) as you could imagine I like did about, I was, I, yeah. So I work like as a technician on the weekends, I still have like a day job and, uh, uh, I do these like long 12 hour shifts on the weekends and norm. And that's like my schedule. That's basically what I do. Mm. But and usually it's like, okay, just got to get through the weekend, like just two twelves and I'm done. But like, I think I was productive for maybe about two of the 24 hours that I worked. I mean, it was like really, very lethargic. Yeah. I feel good today though. Definitely. Yeah, I know. Yes. I feel different today. And I even got up super early. I was, I did a talk with um, a woman who's a psychic medium and she has a radio show and I've talked to her a few times. So we did an interview and I had to get up at six 30 in the morning. Cause she's like a higher time zone or whatever, but she was, she's a psychic medium, you know, and she was doing readings all weekend. And she said at one point at around, I think it was like two o'clock. Cause she's like central time on Saturday. <laughs> she just, she's like, everything stopped. <laughs> I was like, I told you there was a solar eclipse you know, <laughs> and it was square her son. So yeah, it's a real freaking thing. You know, sometimes, you know, you really do feel it, especially the solar eclipse. So, um, what degree is your son, Jordan? Uh, three, three degrees Taurus. Okay. So you're, yeah, you're, it'll be later on in the year that you'll have, um, like the lunar eclipse probably, uh, of November 
will be closer to your son. But um, yeah, my, my North node is 14 Taurus. So I'm having my nodal return and that. So I, I also, uh, I'm still figuring it out, but I feel more energetic today. So we've got Venus and Aries. Um, and that is, you know, that's nice. We have tomorrow, um, Jupiter is sextiling Pluto uh, in late degree Pisces. So that's an interesting, that'll be kind of an interesting, um, vibe to sort of mm. connect with. Um, and then of course on the 10th, we've got our Mercury, Mercury retrograde. Yay. Um, yeah. So Mercury's going to be a Gemini for a while, you know, and, um, the first retrograde is the 10th and, um, that'll be till June 3rd. So that'll be an interesting, um, you know, connection. And then on the day after that, the 11th, we have Jupiter to Aries, which is something I'm actually looking forward to. What about you guys? Yeah, I, I'm totally into it. Yeah, I honestly, I think it's, <laughs> I was talking to my, my girlfriend's pretty well acquainted with astrology and I was talking to her and I was like, I think, I think Jupiter Pisces might be the most overrated transit of the year and Jupiter Aries is the most underrated. <laughs> like, oh, yes, <laughs> totally. I agree because of course, like, you know, everybody was, I mean, I know I myself was talking about that Jupiter, Neptune, Venus, yeah. and I'm like, wow, you know, and I did get some really interesting spiritual epiphanies. I had Oh yeah. Psychic experiences, you know, I went out a lot. I may have altered my consciousness, you know, but (laughs) that was about it. You know, like nothing else so far, you know, so far. Yeah. They're all coming. I, um, I have Mars at a late degree in Pisces. So they're piling up on my Mars right now. Uh, me, me too. Yep. <laughs> really? Yeah. I'm a, I'm a 20 degree Mars Pisces. Yeah. 29. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Oh my God. Fantastic. Well, you guys are, I mean, uh, I think Mars and Pisces is, I know it's a little challenging, but it's fantastic <laughs> for, you know, creatives, intuitive readers, you know, uh, and, so you guys are getting that it'll, it's really, it'll be really interesting to see kind of like what's coming from that. Um, what will happen for you both, you know, in terms of, of your agency and your careers and stuff like that, like what creative works are you going to do? What kind of things are going to come out? Of oh yeah. It, it has been, but the thing is Neptune on your Mars. I will, yeah. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the thing, like, there's a lot of ideas, but it's very hard to get them done. I have, I have like a thousand ideas in my head, but like getting one of them across the finish line is a process. So it's hard work, no matter what, listen, a lot of people don't have ideas. So at least you have that, you know, um, you know, every, you know, so many writers and so many creative people and, you know, they it's whatever it's you gotta it's work it's work to get it out but the fact that you're connected to in spiritu you know into to the muse Mm -hmm. you know you're kind of halfway there you know what i mean like you can be a hard worker and be really diligent and not be able to write say beautiful prose you know or channel whatever spirit or use your emotion so yeah um 
you know, so no, just absolutely. You know, I'm I'm grateful down. for the I'm definitely grateful for the transit. Um, but it's been going on for years, so I'm also like <laughs> excited <laughs> for it to be for me because Mars Pisces is already like very hard to get into like a consistency. So then Neptune just like it's like you're it's like you're just kind of like dancing in the fog. <laughs> yeah. Like, straight, we're going somewhere. Up. I don't know where, but we're going somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Um, my youngest son, who's 23, he has uh, Mars and Pisces too. And Aww. he's been having a hard time, you know, finding that perfect job, you know, and this one's not working and that one's not working. You know, and I'm just laughing. I'm like, oh, it's okay. <laughs> but, um, yeah. But, you know, hey, I think it's super interesting that you guys both have... Um, you know, Mars and Pisces and Mercury and Aries. Um, fantastic. Fantastic. I've got Saturn and Pisces conjunct Chiron <laughs> and, um, yeah, you just, just keep, keep, keep on keeping on. Yeah. It'll reveal itself. True. And I think that if you, if you look at Jupiter being, you know, the traditional ruler of your Mars and it moving into Aries, you're going to have more energy. Yes. yes i'm loving it already i know I right it's only been one day i feel the same way like i have so much more energy today than i did for the <laughs> last week week i mean that, I do that, too. Is, that is the thing I, I i have venus in aries so yeah i'm going i mean a lot of returns are happening for me personally right now and yeah i definitely feel that definitely helps to have that uh, <laughs> yeah have yeah that that's... out the watery mars <laughs> yeah exactly well um so then we have um, the sun conjunct the North Node on the 13th, which will be really interesting. And I wonder if, you know, thinking around like the middle of this month, that there will be some things in the news, like around some of the themes that are coming up with North Node and Taurus, like more on, and, and Uranus right there too. Yes, like yes. More on crypto and, you know, electronic, uh, finances more on supply chain issues i think um, yeah a big a big theme that i've been seeing cre creeping up and um makes a lot of sense is that um especially in the u.s um the rising labor movements that are mm. happening to me are a huge indicator of this uranus north node mm. contact happening because mm -hmm. um i mean if you you know, I know that the chart isn't verified, but, you know, if you look at the Sibley chart of the United States, Taurus is the sixth house of the U.S. And it's very interesting that all of this, all these things are happening with organized labor um, and it's happening on the ground. I mean, I'm thinking about Taurus. It's like it's very decentralized. It's not like there are a lot of the a lot of these things are not really happening on the Internet. They're happening with like in real physical spaces um right. and that's almost like the disruptive kind of rebellious place now right is the real world like actually <laughs> going down to your place where you work or mm -hmm. forming some kind of communal movement or something like that that is actually like rebellious and different compared Aquarian. to sorry oh yeah uh, but i was just saying like it's kind of interesting because it's like saturn is in aquarius so it's almost like that's like the establishment now. Like that's what I've been saying in a lot of my writing this year is like online is now kind of not the 
cool disruptive place anymore it's actually like very you know conglomerated by you know five companies own all the information right it's like it's very regim it's very rigid like a lot of our virtual spaces but where so where is the place to rebel it's literally on the ground like in the physical world right like that is actually where the uranian quality it's just very it's very counterintuitive to what we normally think of right like um when we think of uranus we think of technology but it's almost like raging against the technology it's like saying like no we need to remember like actually hold hands with our neighbor like that's rebellious now i don't anyway i hope that makes sense but that's kind of how i've been interpreting this these this uranus saturn conflict is that it's kind of like they're in opposite roles right now than they usually are like um yeah interesting yeah yeah no i mean for sure like i was i just read an article um i think it was a wall street journal talking about how the you know the you know, highly educated folks that are working at, you know, that can't find a job in their field are now working at Amazon and working to unionize it. Um, and also, of course, with Pluto moving to Aquarius beginning next year, you know, I, for sure, there's going to be a breakup of that, you know, that online technocrat, you know, mm -hmm. scenario um, for sure. And how also Saturn and Aquarius, like, forcing us to be online, you know, Saturn Aquarius, like constricting us, forcing us to live a life online that maybe, yeah, like we want to actually touch the earth. And so many, you know, millennials or Gen Z people are saying like, no, we don't want to do this anymore. You know, we want to go, or we don't want to, you know, work in, you know, these types of realms anymore. We want to like, we're going to ditch it all and go organic, you know, farm, you know, in humble or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, exactly. And I think of like, like sat. Yeah. When you think about boundaries, right. Saturn and in cyberspace, it's algorithms. It's like, these are virtual boundaries. These are things like saying like, you're only, only this many people are going to see what you wrote today. Only this, you know, so they're, they're, they're invisible. Like I think of Aquarius, like air, it's like, it's not actually a physical barrier, but it is a barrier. It is, it is still doing something. It is, cutting things off. It's, you know, you can only, only 50 people are going to see what you, you wrote today instead of the 500 people, right. That followed you. I think oh. about like how Instagram or whatever, all of these, all of these places have algorithms, their boundaries, their virtual boundaries. Um, so yeah, everyone's getting tired of that. They're like, why, like, but these people are connected to me. Like, let, let them see what I'm doing. Like, why are you putting the blinders on so much of my, you know, yeah, it's creating a lot of frustration as it's consolidated, right? I think it's that that Saturn principle of like, as something becomes established, it becomes stale. It becomes oh, like, um, it, you know, uh, the norm. And then people get tired of the norm. They're like, we've been here. We've done this. Like, so yeah, there, yeah, hopefully I think Pluto going into Aquarius is definitely going to help kind of excavate some of that like dead weight in the virtual mm -hmm. hopefully <laughs> well, Pluto brings empowerment mm -hmm. it can, and it yeah. breaks up the fallow ground and it's um it's interesting to me because um this whole thing with 
Uranus and Taurus and, and Saturn and Aquarius, um, it's still, there's still a lot of um, opportunity for disruption. And it's like with the online reputation work that I do, that's exactly, <laughs> I mean, that's exactly um, what is done uh, to restore what's been broken or lost. You know, I, obviously I only do it for people who I, are demonstrably, you know, doing something. They're, they're in the right demonstrably. I, I don't protect villains, um, but it's just interesting. Um, I feel like it's going to have a lot to do. I think Bitcoin, not just Bitcoin, but I think crypto is going to be really interesting to watch. Um, yeah. NFTs as well, like another, <laughs> you know, <laughs> asset. You know, I have a friend that works. I, I know two people that work in Bitcoin and one woman that works in NFTs and she in the music was in the music business for a long time. And like so many bands are like hatching, you know, onto this as a Ooh. term of currency. But yeah, I mean, for you, Lori, like having worked in online, you know, reputation management, when I, when I first heard that, I'm like, what is that? And I'm like, oh, it's literally that. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally what? Re online reputation management. It speaks yeah. for itself, right? Yeah, it really does. Well, most people think it's marketing on steroids, which it kind of is, but not really, because there's an element of um, like one, I can't, I, I never name names because that would defeat the purpose, but um, there's a famous movie star and she had retired, an actress, and she had retired and she had done a, a several, several years ago, she'd done a couple porn movies. She didn't like even engage in sex in the movies. She just you know, said some things and wore a costume and, you know, uh, but the porn companies had used her name for 16 and 18 years respectively to sell their new movies. And so there was this Mount Everest, millions and millions and millions of references with her unique name and all these porn movies. If you looked up her name, it was just everywhere on uh, uh, YouTube, Google images, Google Bing, everywhere. Just and so we created a strategy to cover up and eliminate and then put something brand new and shiny and true for her. Hmm. But that, that takes that that's Uranian. <laughs> oh my God. Totally. And also like off a little bit, well on topic, but um, I just fairly recently watched Pam and Tommy on Hulu. I don't know if you guys watched it, but it was about Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee, but it was also about like the story of their sex tape. And it was the first time that anyone had put something like that celebrity wise on the internet. So a lot of it was about the internet and how the Whoa. internet changed everything. So super good if you haven't seen it. Yeah, that's Sounds interesting. Like I, I don't know what year that happened, but I was thinking about this, how um, there's definitely a resonance to what is happening currently with Uranus, Taurus, and Saturn, Aquarius, and the fact that in the late '90s it was Saturn, Taurus, Uranus, Aquarius. It was the late '90s. Yeah, it was the late '90s. Was, yeah, it was like, like there, 96, and, 97, 98, something like that. Yeah, another interesting resonance that I saw with that is that like the like the Matrix, the first Matrix movie came out in '99 when that those two, and Ooh! like we just had the you know the fourth movie come out. Now, generally speaking, people didn't really enjoy it that much, but it's just interesting that the, 
the that it came back into the zeitgeist you know like after being dormant for like 20 years and yeah now we, so there is this this uh flip-flop happening a lot with like themes of the late 90s coming in a new way they're, they're getting turned on their head like the old is the new the new is the old like there is a lot of this bizarro <laughs> quality going on with yeah like, like with things like that um i could see that with like you said, uh, yeah, like them talking about, um, I, I haven't seen that, that show you were talking about, but I, but yeah, like it just seems like really a lot good. of callbacks are happening like that. Um, yes. I mean, that's, you know, uh, <laughs> that's why looking at astrology is so amazing because you do see the zeitgeist, you see what's happening and you see connections to the past. I don't know. Did you guys watch, um, the changing of the gods, uh, series, or have, yes. you, have you read Cosmos and Psyche? Yes. No. Yeah. <laughs> or you put it on your list. And oh, that, that is, I figured you probably did. <laughs> that, that book is the reason I am an astrologer today. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It mm -hmm. speaks to a lot of smart yeah. people it's, and a lot of smart men too. You know? Yeah. It, I think it's a perfect book to give any person who is open-minded, but is like, yeah, like a skeptic skeptical of astrology because Tarnas comes at it in such a mm. wonderful historic like he gives you know hundreds of historical examples of outer planet transits and he just weaves it together so convincingly I mean it's like after you <laughs> read that you're like how am I supposed to say ah nah it's just all yeah coincident all these coincidences of the last 500 years of humanity and uh, are just that. coincidences there's no yeah, yeah. no I, I refuse <laughs> to think that there is no link between anything you know right um that is as ignorant you know as anything i think that the yeah the you know si the scientific paradigm in our the history of human race has always been turned upside down always 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 by you know the people that are like pushing pushing it like saying like I refuse to think that there is no reason for anything, you know, or I refuse to, you know, I'm not going to take, I, I think that there's connections and we find them all the time. I mean, being an astrologer, it, you, you, you see connections every day. It's like every day is a miracle when you look at astrology and um, it's, yeah. it's, awesome. it's amazing, you know? Can I direct your attention to this? It is on the note of Cosmos and the Psyche. The Faded Sky, Astrology and History by Benson Bobrick. This is, so you see all the little tabs? Um, it is absolutely mind-blowing in terms of astrology and history. And it's written very much from a resonant perspective to what you all described. It is just bam, just boom, 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 boom. And it's written to non-astrologers. It's a fabulous book. I recently just um, saw that in, in a list and I put that on my list of something that I want to um, look at. And, oh, and it's, it's yeah. just, that, was that published recently or what? Um, let's find out, shall we? So. Let's see. My daughter got it for me um, two Christmases ago and she's got fabulous taste. Um, and I was like, my God, copyright 2005. Oh, wow. That's really fascinating because yeah. that was the same year Cosmos and Psyche came out, like 0405. So fascinating. <laughs> I mean, and you know that both those guys were working on these projects for probably decades. Oh, yeah. Um, absolutely. Yeah. Um, that's another example of, you know, synchronicity. What happened yes. in 2005? Yes. You know what I, I think happened in 2005? I think that 
the North Node was in Taurus, um, the Taurus, uh, Taurus Scorpio. Anyway, uh, that was because I remember I had my nodal return uh, okay. 2004, 2005. Okay. Um, okay. Well, wow. I mean, we're getting we're digging into some amazing things too. But um, let's kind of like move on with May because Sun and North Node. I think there's going to be some more like resonance along the lines of that. You know, Uranus. Uh, um, Saturn square, you know, the North node with Uranus, we'll get some stuff coming out um, in, in the news. And then we have um, Venus contributing Chiron. We'll have, I don't know if you guys work with Chiron. Do you guys work with the minor planets? I hate yes. calling them asteroids <laughs> or um, the centaurs or. I, I yes. don't, I don't normally give, I mean, I'm aware of them and I, I pay attention to them on a personal level, but I don't really like give readings just because I don't feel like I know them so thoroughly that I can really talk about them like with conviction, if that makes sense. Like, you know, yeah. um, but, but I still, yeah, I do pay attention to uh, Chiron and a few of the others. Yeah. Um, I would suggest that you, you do your own Chiron. Um, you do, uh, you look at the first uh, square and you look at the aspects of Chiron um, and see if you're up to, I don't know how old you are, but like see if you're up to the opposition because Chiron has such a weird elliptical, strange, you know, um, orbit. Oh, I'm uh, aware of, yeah. Well, <laughs> I have, yeah, I have Chiron square my son, so <laughs> it's, I'm aware of it. <laughs> yeah, and then look at like, you have it natally square your son and look at like when it made its first square and just look at events. Yeah. And then that'll kind of maybe help you a little bit to just feel into it. Cause it really is, I think quite powerful um, as is series, you know and the rest of the grouping. And they kind of, they fill in some of the blanks but you know, I mean, it, there's so much in everything literally every aspect, every sign, every placement is, is a, is a, universe of its own right yeah. <laughs> the freaking rabbit hole you could just be in for the rest of your life um but then we have our total lunar eclipse what do you guys think about um the lunar eclipse and have you ever had any experiences uh yourself with lunar eclipses that aspected your chart that brought in were triggers for events in your own life Lori? lunar ones in any any eclipses oh i had a great solar eclipse last year and I, um, I went to Santa Fe and it's, it's like right on my Jupiter line. And anyway, um, and I went there specifically <laughs> because I had been painting and I, I, it's like, I'll channel a, a moment. I, I would do it with birth charts or, or with moments and, and I'll paint that is abstract and, um, like what's alive in that for me at the moment, but, um, I wanted to have an art show and I went there and I painted with the eclipse. And anyway, within six months, I had an art show in a prominent place in Athens, Georgia, right where I wanted, I was like, oh! and, and he, you know, it was, it was very serendipitous and it was like, all right. All right. It was in my fifth house, by the way. So, you know, yeah, it was very nice. Wow. That is so cool. Um, for sure. That's right in the timeline. Um, you know, solar eclipses, if they're not, you know, 
hurting you, you know, they can be just like that really powerful, almost like super new moon. And they, they are initiators definitively. Yes. Um, you know, what about you, Jordan? Have you had anything before happen? Um, note. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, <laughs> I got, uh, well, I think the most striking one was definitely witnessing the solar eclipse in 2017. <laughs> The, yeah yeah i was actually at like a, a music festival in oregon for that it was like um, a in the path of totality it was like a big uh i don't know gathering it was kind of like burning man style kind of music fest. not you know whatever that sort of thing big big gathering so yes quite quite intense and also very interesting because that solar eclipse was near my i think it was a little past my ic in leo and uh, it was like 30 minutes from where I was born. Like, you know, <gasps> and I don't live there, but I'm originally from Oregon. So there was definitely something resonant about that, um, about kind of like being in the place that I actually originated. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it was pretty, yeah, pretty profound. It was definitely a kind of a, it wasn't like anything on that day really dramatically changed, but it definitely was a checkpoint that dramatically changed my life from mm then on you know I noticed there was a just a big turn of events and a difference in priorities and a different I don't know just yeah so yeah and you said that you like really started to you know practice astrology like four or five years ago so that was kind of like maybe even leading up to kind of like a you know because it was on your IC a bit of a rebirth for you yeah yeah absolutely you know yeah it did that's when, yeah, astrology really started coming into my life really strongly shortly before that. So yeah. And then I think it just kind of like accelerated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so for me, uh, I've had some really amazingly challenging situations that initiated during the solar eclipse and then finalized during the lunar, like I'll give you, um, well, the last time we had eclipses in Taurus um, and Scorpio, they were flipped, Scorpio, Taurus, Scorpio, North Node. Um, I, uh, right, like days after uh, a, an eclipse, a lunar eclipse on my South Node, it, almost exactly, I was in a really terrible car accident that was like super intense. And, um, you know, it was just, it was very much kind of like, you know, I knew about it. I was concerned. I had, that was during the, um, Uranus, uh, Pluto square with Aries. Uranus was in my third house. It was opposing my Mars. I mean, you name it. It was a classic setup for Mm -hmm. an accident, Mm -hmm. but at the same time as an astrologer, like, what do you do? How do you get out of something like that? You still have to live your life. You're not going to like stay in your room, you know, with, with the curtains drawn. You know, and I was just like, well, I'm just going to be as careful as possible. And I certainly was. And then somebody sped through an intersection and slammed into my car. Um, And then in 2019, 2020, when we had the Cancer Capricorn, we had a Capricorn uh, solar eclipse, as you guys remember, in 2019, kind of like right as we were hearing about, you know, stuff going on in Wuhan, you know, and then... Mm -hmm. We had a lunar eclipse right before the Saturn-Pluto conjunction. And both of those were like the solar eclipse was, um, 
was conjunct my sun and the lunar eclipse was conjunct my moon because I have a sun moon opposition, Cancer Capricorn. And my mom suddenly got sick and I, my birthday's right after Christmas. So it was like right around that same time period. And so I went to visit my mom in San Francisco in the Bay Area. And, um, and she's like, I'm not feeling well. And she just got increasingly sleepy and sleepier and sleepier. And um, anyway, she died uh, of a sepsis, sepsis. Like, and it was, I know this sounds like really people, I don't want to freak people out. And I, people that listen to my podcast know that I am not, you know, but it's like lunar eclipses are trigger events that talk about something way bigger. I mean, it has to be that perfect storm in your astrology where you have like all these different things moving, but a lunar eclipse and a solar eclipse can trigger that. Um, so, you know, you know what, are a big deal. <laughs> it's huge. I just took a walk back. I had not looked at this before, but I just took a walk back to the total solar eclipse. Um, and on August 21st of 2017 that you were referring to that you saw, you know, in totality in Oregon, I saw it in its totality in Georgia. And, uh, it was, it's an incredible, you know, like it's, I was shaking. <laughs> I really was, I was shaking. It was like, uh, um, but it was cool. Um, but it, I, I just connected this. So that was in August of 2017. And then and, and I'm looking at how it registers with my chart. Uh, Chiron was on my sun and on my um, 29 degrees of Pisces, uh, Mars. And there's just a lot of interesting connections. I was there in Las Vegas during the massacre. And oh. I had a front row seat. I saw things no civilian should see. Let's just put it that way. I'm and so sorry. thankfully, thank you. Um, thankfully, I mean... Uh, physically, I, I wasn't harmed at all, but um, that really, I used it to dive deeper down in the rabbit hole in the science of happiness. That's why my site is astrology of happiness, because I made a huge study into uh, positive psychology. And, and of course, astrology has been absolutely phenomenal. Like it all works together. All roads lead to Rome. Um, but yeah, that was, um, as I'm looking at it, it, uh, it triggered a relational thing, but then it also, I think it set the wheels in motion. Uh, fascinating. Uh, so I was in LA and I, which is where I used to live. And I was also on the street looking up, <laughs> looking up at the sun with protective gear, but, <laughs> um, that was, I moved to Las Vegas about 10 days later what yeah wow. yeah I mean we had planned it so yeah my partner is in the music business and there are a lot of he works with a lot of big bands and some of the artists that he was working with was were doing residencies here and um so we ended up moving out here and we we love it but um literally uh I was supposed to go to the strip that day on one October we call it one October here um mm because it's certainly Las Vegas is, uh, you know, 9-11. Um, right. And I, I did it, I did do a podcast on um, the astrology of the the shooter and- the Oh, really? Too. Yeah, I'll share it with you later. But um, yeah, like you're already seeing connections. I mean, eclipses are a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, there's some that are like maybe a little bit more malefic than others. Certainly this North Node, um, 
a solar eclipse, even though it was close to Uranus, it was good. I mean, it was yeah. positive. You know, we've yes. got Venus and and, yes. um, and Jupiter conjunct on that day. Yeah, you know, Pluto was stationing retrograde, but yeah, you know, I I see it as very positive, um, very positive energetically, and even. Um, you know, the last time that, I, that the nodes were in the Taurus Scorpio, we did have the setup of the very close Uranus-Pluto square to have the eclipses trigger that. And we really don't have that. We have a separating um, waning square from Uranus and Saturn that yes, it'll get close towards the end of the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's never, it's not applying, you know, cause I feel like an applying mm-hmm. transit is like, we know it's, it's yeah. bigger and we've already had three passes, you know, usually the outer planet transits, they get those three passes that boom event integration, you know, processing. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, I don't know. I just, I think this is going to be, we'll have our challenges this year, but it's n- these eclipses are going to be better. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think, well, it probably helps that, I mean, it was basically exactly where the moon likes to be the most. I mean, it's, it's exalted in Taurus. It's, it's in, and in, in, in the kind of like deacon rulership, even like the moon loves the second, de- that is the, the second of deacon of Taurus is the moon. And so it, it yeah, the moon was quite comfortable there. Um, and I think the only negative real or the real prominent negative aspect was just that, uh, yeah, you're, you're going to feel pretty unmotivated. (laughs) Yeah. Like late, want to lay in in bed. Slothy. Totally. Totally. I craved sweets too. I think that has to do with Venus, but yeah, like totally. I just give myself permission. That's the thing about knowing about astrology. It's like, Oh, you give yourself permission to flow with the energetic waves, you know? and you will be surfing the energy pr- appropriately. But the lunar eclipse does make a lot of, it's 25 degrees of Scorpio, mm-hmm. and it does make aspects with Pluto, mm-hmm. Saturn. Um, what else? It, it, there, there's a trine to Jupiter and Neptune. There's a sextile to Pluto, and there's a square with Saturn. So there's a lot of energy going on. It kind um, of does feel like a little bit more of the, bad cop to this good cop uh, <laughs> like the way you put that uh, it's weird the moon, the moon is you know then you're talking about now the moon's in fall and it's definitely a little more challenging in scorpio it seems like it, it might be a little and it's a full moon so it's going to be a lot more emotional uh mm-hmm. you know uh so so yeah so if you have late degree uh you know um planets, especially in the fixed signs, you know, um, I think it's going to be the most challenging and, um, you know, just awareness, awareness is all full moon, you know, don't freak out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Try not to overdo it. (laughs) Right on my natal Pluto. I'm 22 Scorpio Pluto. So, yeah. So just awareness, try not to beat anybody up. (laughs) <laughs> you know, I mean, the, and it, you know, it's like, I doubt you will, but, uh, you know, but, um, I was just looking like, okay. And then we'll, right after that, we have Mars conjunct Neptune. Mm-hmm. So guys, <laughs> um, Mars in Pisces is going to conjunct Neptune. Mm-hmm. I think that for you guys, it's not going to be that big of a deal. Cause you already have, you already have been feeling that energy. Yeah. Thank it's you. more of the same. Yeah. <laughs> It could just be like more like, you know, try not to like, if you're, you know, doing 
drugs and alcohol <laughs> try not to maybe yeah um, yeah or not netflix and chill for an entire afternoon and evening you know yeah well, well i think an afternoon and evening is appropriate maybe not for <laughs> that's what i did on maybe friday. not for like two weeks you know no 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 but i did that on friday like i cleared some things away i did something really big and important in the morning and like by one o'clock i did something really profound i was like all right that's it. That's it. I'm done. And I Netflix. Uh, I like booked myself out for the weekend. Yeah. I was like, nope, no readings. I'm not going to do any work. Oh, yeah. I'm just going to like, if I feel like laying in bed, I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. And that's what I did. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like, read a whole book yesterday. It was like, oh, amazing. Yeah. Well, and then the end of the month, we've got Mars and Aries on the 25th. And then on the 28th, we've got Venus and Taurus. So we've got Venus and Mars and their signs of rulership. So they're going to be stronger. And I think that that will um, be good for the zeitgeist, good for the collective. And we will have right before that uh, Sun and Gemini. And then that um, will have Mercury's um, conjunction with the sun. Mm-hmm. So Mercury is going to be absorbed by the sun and it, because it's going to go back to that zero degrees of Gemini. Um, and that's happening on the day that we have the Gemini ingress, which will be really interesting. Um, mm. And finally, at the end, we're going to have Mars conjunct Jupiter. Um, so that'll be interesting in Aries. Talk about <laughs> <energy>. <laughs> Woo! Uh, I'm, I'm Mars very- and Jupiter. On your Mercury, it's going to be on your Mercury, your natal yeah, Mercury. I know. See, like, and I have a very early Mercury Aries. It's like six degrees. So it's, yeah. It'll be there, right there. It's going to get, yeah, it's going to get, uh, and it's in my 11th house. So probably, <laughs> I'm sure I'll have things to say. <laughs> I was going to say, try not to quit your job. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, take this job and shove it. <laughs> I was thinking more about just like going on a giant rant about something yeah. on the internet or something. Like, that would yeah. do it. Do it. Go ahead. Why not? You know, do it. Somebody's got to do it. No, I'm oh, everyone's doing it. Everybody's <laughs> doing it. I know. I know. Well, okay. So it's, we're kind of, we're, it's, uh, we're an hour and 12 minutes. No, we're actually about an hour into our recorded mm-hmm. conversation. So we were talking about a lot of things, but I would love to, ch- to talk about um, the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial. I heard today, we're talking about online reputation management. I read today that Amber Heard has fired her entire PR team because it's mm-hmm. making her look bad on the internet. Oh, <laughs> Um, what are your thoughts, Lori? We'll start with you. <laughs> well, let me just go straight to her chart, then my little notes. Um, yeah, I, I I will say, full disclosure, I have only watched maybe a minute of this mess from like a couple TikTok excerpts, and I deliberately didn't um I didn't want to be biased. Um, I just wanted to look at the chart and get a clean, a clean take on it. And of course, there are lots of interesting things about her chart. But the big, since we're limited in time, for me, the big bell ringer is I took a look at her solar arcs because I've been geeking out with those lately, um, big time. Mm-hmm. And um, so interesting because, you know, they have the six month lead up and the six months after they're exact. And in on September 23rd of last year. So for me, that's like, um, we're not in it now, but it was the setup phase because this trial didn't, you know, there, there was, uh, 
this was in process long before we heard about it in the news, obviously. Um, it was really interesting because um, there's a solar arc Venus that was affecting um, an Aries point and that um, it can bring turbulence and sometimes endings and partnerships, dun, dun, dun. And another really exciting one is uh, on February 25th of next year. So the influence will begin in August of 2022 because you can start feeling it six months prior as y'all both know. Um, Pluto will be aspecting her natal Chiron. So, wow, solar arc Pluto is, can be bringing, it can heal um, stubborn and persistent psychic wounds. Um, it can also involve facing the truth. And if it's squandered, um, there can be hurting others. There can be cynicism, darkness. It could be basically, and intuitively, my feeling is, and you know, this is kind of a Southern expression, it's going to hurt to sit down. <laughs> that's my feeling on it. And, sit down, Amber. <laughs> sorry to tell you, but that, that's my sense. <laughs> I actually have been looking way more at Johnny Depp's chart, but like, yes, looking at this, looking at this, I'm like, wow, look at the, all the planets in the top side. So, I mean, first mm. of all, we don't have a birth time for her, but I created like, um, oh, you know, oh, kind of like a whole sign sunrise oh, chart. Man. I find those to be the most effective. Okay. Cause I was going to um, say, what well, I mean, this is crazy. But, this actually is the, her birth time. Cause I was like Pluto on the descendant, like that immediately mm -hmm. is opposing her son, uh, Saturn in the eighth house. I mean, that, that sounds like divorce to me, right? Like dealing with <laughs> uh uranus in the eighth house mars conjunct johnny depp's moon and mm -hmm. conjunct neptune delusional sense of like of male energy <laughs> like like not seeing men clearly mars conjunct neptune mm -hmm. um i don't know it's interesting i mean now i'm kind of like oh this isn't actually this may not actually be her birth time because this looks so interesting if it is um we don't know what it is, but I got to yeah. tell you that like having, you know, done many, many charts over many, many years that, you know, most astrologers when they're writing horoscopes and stuff will use, you know, a sunrise chart for the sign. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it does work. There's a level of yeah. energy that works with a sunrise chart. Yeah, definitely. But it does look like if you think about, you know, when Uranus moved to Taurus, you know, and conjoined with her sign, it was like all around kind of like similar to the, some of the time periods of when she kind of... <laughs> yeah went off right right um and and that's well yeah now now so many ideas are coming to me at the same time but, um, <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. with her chart i mean yeah like i think that the mars moon can her mars conjunct johnny depp's moon in capricorn is definitely a point i mean yep this is more just explaining Who's the aggressor yeah right yes. there's that for sure and mars is exalted in capricorn and it's in mm -hmm. detriment the moon's in Powerful. detriment i think it's kind of interesting she has the same sun as me essentially a degree and he has almost the exact same moon as me <laughs> so i'm like i'm wow. like inside i'm i'm an amber heard and johnny Depp. <laughs> might, so you're um, you're the best uh insight into the whole thing <laughs> right, right. Um, 
Except you look remarkably sane. <laughs> oh, I yeah. said it. Oh, oh, oh. Man, it's a Blake show. It, it is, uh, wow. I watched a little bit the other day where he was talking about um, Bogey and Bacall and how beautiful she was and how, you know, you know, Lauren Bacall was only 19 when he met her and she was beautiful and they stayed together till his death and that's what he wanted. And, and it was just like, why are you rambling like this on the, on the stand? It was interesting. Uh, yeah, because he's a Gemini. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For sure. um, no, but um, yeah. yeah, it's mm. interesting now. Um, actually, yeah, I'll go to his chart because that was what I was more, it was a lot more apparent to me. Like that's the part, of, and his is a confirmed time, right? Yeah. Yes. Hang on just a second. Right? I spent more time on his chart as well. It is fascinating. Yeah. I mean, the Saturn, the exact Saturn return in the seventh house is like just wow. He's got a double A rating. So we're, we're, positive. yeah, yeah. We're pretty sure that this is correct, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, Saturn, yeah. I mean, the fact that he's going through his second Saturn return almost to the minute. I mean, like, yeah. I mean, that is just insanely auspicious. Uh, and then, um, and then, yeah, I thought it was interesting having Uranus transiting his 10th house because it's like, yeah, he's trying to liberate his image. He's trying mm-hmm. to break the shackles he's found himself in, right? Because he's not getting any acting gigs. He's not getting, his entire reputation has been disrupted as a result of this situation. I mean, whether it's true or not, he's faced consequences for it. He's but faced- the North Node is there too. So we're talking about something that is actually like part of his Dharma karma, you know? Yeah, yes. Absolutely. Oh my God, all over their charts. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yes, absolutely. yes. This is a Yeah, when it's going there. through the North Node is transiting his Venus and Mercury, which I think is interesting. It's just now leaving. Um, but still around, yeah. Chiron and Aries right on his Jupiter ninth. Yes, which is interesting. I don't know. Publishing. <laughs> what legal matters? Yeah, legal. Right. Yeah. So he's about to have his Jupiter return this year too, and it's and definitely that. legal. Like the ninth house transits. Yeah, yeah. Chiron yeah, Aries. that's what I thought, and I and I think it's really favorable for him that Jupiter is about to move and. Return. I agree. I think yeah. he may end up actually winning his case. Yes. I, I think so too. Yeah. I mean, the yes. fact that she's firing people is not a good sign for her. Like she obviously <laughs> doesn't feel very uh, confident about how things are going. Um, yeah. I mean, he lost his case in the UK, you know, against uh, a, a magazine, but I think that Interesting. there may be some form of retribution that he potentially could Receive, yeah. you know well, that was a different situation though right because he was suing a publication true and i there was kind of like a technicality where it was very hard for him to prove they were defaming him whereas she he's going directly after her this time right i mean this is like based on what she wrote in an editorial or whatever right, right. he wants to show the, that that hurt his career which i think that he is potentially you know looking at their astrology potentially successful at and then you know um by 2024 we'll have well actually in 2023 we'll have um jupiter uh you know conjoining his midheaven again so even though there's been all this tumult that maybe there will be a resolution that will bring a new dawn (laughs) for him 
that's yeah. what I'm getting from his solar arcs as well. Like it, there's the buildup and um, that was June 1st of 21. So it was an operation through the end of the year, basically, well, close to the end of the year of last year. And it's learning how to speak up. And it was, it was with the nodes. So it's, it's very karmic, this whole thing for him, learning how to speak up. Um, and then also he's got um, one in on March 29th of next year. Oh, he has one right now. Um, May 23rd, it's exact. I mean, so it's just, um, and it has to do with an Aries point. And so that's spotlight and his mercury. And so it's like, I don't know, my whole feeling on it is um, that he's going to come out of this and, and it, I'm hearing smelling like a rose. There's, uh, there's going to be this big transformation, this, a rebirth for him. Yeah. And I think that this is like a really um, symbolic um uh, like beyond the, like for the zeitgeist in general, because I think this is kind of a, a, a rebalancing about like stories that we hear about these sorts of things with domestic disputes, right? Where, because mm. think about how three or four years ago, the Me Too movement was just so massive and it, and it predominantly was women coming out with their stories of being abused. And, and obviously the vast majority of people who do come out with those stories are telling the truth. I mean, but that's not a hundred percent. And that's like where I think that this, this story is a really big like balancing act um, yeah. for people to perceive these situations that it's absolutely possible for women to lie about being it's, I'm not saying it happens all the time or anything, but it's like, we have to keep that in, mind when we hear stories that there's so many things that you can gain out of lying about being you know the uh, you know because people were like oh no who would make that up who would it's like uh, they absolutely because if the court of public opinion is already on your side 100 percent like for mm -hmm. making allegations there's ton like for people who are not honest that's very tempting to use to gain power and influence and ruin somebody else's life out of spite i mean oh yeah and to your point i think it also sheds light on the fact that there are some women who are abusive to their husbands and partners you know aggressors yes very much so yeah, physically abusive. And I've known, I know a guy who wrote a book about his experience and like nobody would believe him that this woman was just letting him have it. And he was too much of a gentleman to, to retaliate in kind. And it was, it was a difficult situation. He got himself out of it, but a lot of times men aren't believed. Yeah. Um, it's like, you know, unless he's a brute and he's going to hit her back, but I mean, you know, yeah, I think it's yeah. sunshine is the greatest disinfectant. Definitely. Yeah. Well, I think that's also, <laughs> the, yeah, or yeah, we become uh, enlightened by uh, making our darkness conscious. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think there's also a big theme about that with Saturn and Aquarius in general is this, there's a referendum in general about like the court of public opinion, mm -hmm. right? Because Aquarius has so much to do with like collective and, um, so it's like how, even if you're not legally, responsible for something or like you're fine or you're found liable in a legal context you can be found legal in a social context that's the whole hullabaloo around cancel culture quote unquote and everything like and the thing is um while it's absolutely true that like 
that came out of a necessity because there were people who were not being held liable by the legal system. So people were right. getting angry that these people in power were doing abusive, terrible things. And these people obviously deserved to face consequences for their actions. The problem is then it can create this mob mentality where it just spirals out of control and suddenly everyone's getting ac- accused in, and they're all kind of being looked at in a similar way. They're all getting kind of hung before we can really pick apart like, who, okay, we got to look at these stories individually because we're starting to just throw everybody into a big pot of like, oh, there's another abusive guy. There's another, you know, terrible person because somebody said so. So it's, it's just a very, yeah. Like again, same thing with as Saturn makes something so commonplace, we see the cracks and the, the state, like how things are that, that sentiment is stale. Now people are beginning to realize oh we can't just hop on a train of public opinion to know the truth. Like that's a dangerous precedent. Um, Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, as astrologers too, maybe we have a little bit of a responsibility to continue to, you know, point out that, you know, (laughs) you know, that it is, you know, it's, it's incredibly important that we all become as self-aware and and responsible as possible, you know, and, and look, you know, more deeply into things, you know, um, because to just take things at face value, to believe without, you know, investigating, you know, it can be a very dangerous thing, you know? Um, so I for sure agree on that. I love, I love that. Um, so just briefly before we end, what, like, I, I did notice that um, on the lunar eclipse that we did have a celebrity death and often, we find that on eclipses or around, you know, sometimes they're, but often close to eclipses, there are, um, there are people that, you know, leave, leave this, uh, this earthly domain. And one of them was the singer, Naomi Judd, you know, who was part of the Judds. And I know that in the eighties, I had their records. Um, mm-hmm. they were so great. They kind of sang like this, like, kind of like, traditional country you know but it was like kind of rootsy you know you know um they i think they did like some um you know johnny cash covers and some like kind of like billy music you know anyway it was part of that kind of like roots emergence um that happened in the 80s with 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 country music not being so schmaltzy you know that was yeah like Dwight Yoakam and different bands like that anyway sorry I'm a music geek um so I wanted to talk about that and I shared that with you and Jordan you mentioned transiting I don't have her transits up here but transiting the the you know Jupiter and Venus and Neptune in her eighth house yeah and I'm not sure if that applies in Placidus looking at it I'm not sure what degree but but yeah, obviously, definitely in, in the whole sign eighth house. I'm not sure what degree the what is what degree is Jupiter and Neptune at right now. It's like um, Jupiter and Neptune right now. Hang on, just a second. I have it. Are at um, twenty six. Oh wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it seems like her eighth house. I'm sorry, Neptune is at 24, Jupiter's at 26, Venus okay. is at 29. 
Well, I mean, yeah. So I'm going to say effectively the eighth house though, regardless. I mean, because mm-hmm. it seems like yes. around the 25 degree mark, it switches yeah. to the ninth for her, but. We're going to say the eighth house. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's so close. Um, yeah. And the, so what I was saying to you before you we were talking is just that like, I've noticed a significant, uh, significant uh, correlation with Jupiter actually having more to do with the day of death than Saturn um because jupiter is about experiences and what is more of an experience than dying <laughs> that's like the ultimate experience there's, there's a point <laughs> yeah um where the, and 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 expanding consciousness yeah 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 totally and and like i think the first time i noticed that was when i was looking at um george floyd's chart a few years ago mm, when mm, everything mm. happened and i think there was something where i think jupiter was I want to say transiting his Mars or maybe it was Mars on his Jupiter. There was something, I don't remember. I haven't looked at that in, in a couple of years, but, um, but I remember that really being that kind of like sticking in my head, something about that. And I, and then I just happened to notice a few other instances where, and I'm not saying Jupiter is always the marker of death for everybody, but I'm just saying like, but there does seem to be an interesting thing where I notice a significant Jupiter marker in a lot of people when they pass. Um, I've been doing this for years and the people that listen to me know that I always talk about Jupiter is, is not necessarily a marker for death, but it's always present. It's, it ha- it's making a transit that is um, appropriate, you know, in the charts of death, which, you know, <laughs> If they, I would say like, if you weren't dying, you'd be having a good time or a good year or something good's going to be. My own mom, her, the Saturn Pluto conjunction was on her IC, which is in, mm-hmm. in traditional astrology, the fourth house was also the house of the grave. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Fourth and the eighth are, are often um, aspected. Saturn Pluto was conjunct her IC, but her, her Jupiter was exactly con- um, in opposition to her natal Jupiter, which was on her MC actually, or we're very close. It was in her 10th house. Um, so yeah, you'll find that a lot. And I think in Naomi Judd's case, we had transiting Pluto had been making a long transit over her son, um, was opposing her, uh, Mars. She also has, has Venus and Capricorn. So it's been like, you know, Saturn and Pluto. It's just been, she's been beleaguered mm. and that, you know, her, she's got Mars and cancer at 24 degrees too. So there's that kind of, you know, um, Neptune, Jupiter opposition to her Mars too, mm-hmm. because she did actually take her own life. And yeah. I believe it, I'm not positive, but it may have been through, um pills or something like yeah. that something very piscean well, yeah that's something i i told people before too is that like the shadow of jupiter neptune is definitely overdoses i mean there's been so many news stories in the past two three four five months i mean it's, i mean it's been a problem for a while but i've seen a lot of things about accidental dose uh, overdoses because of fentanyl yes in drugs so people are you know like I saw a story a month or two ago about, you know, a bunch of rich frat boys down in Florida or something like all overdosed on fentanyl. And, uh. and I mean, they didn't all die. Like a few of them died, but all of them were hospitalized. You know what I mean? And it was tainted. It was obviously they weren't, nobody is doing fentanyl like at consciously. They're doing some other kind of drug and there's fentanyl in it. 
I don't understand why drug dealers are cutting their drugs with fentanyl. Isn't that like expensive? Well, I think what it is is that it it doesn't take very much to kill people. So if they're dealing it at all, um, they may be impurities if they're processing drugs on the same floor or whatever. It just takes like the tiniest amount of it to get into a bag of cocaine or a bag of whatever for people to die. You know, I mean, it's... It's very, very, very concentrated and very powerful. Mm-hmm. Like, and so if you're messing with it at all, if that's on your, there's, I don't know how much of it's malicious. I don't know how much, I mean, I have no idea. I'm not in a cartel drug <laughs> house <laughs> knowing how they process. Maybe not I'm a drug saying, astrologer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I'm just, but it is a real problem no matter what somehow it's getting in there and yeah but it's obscured too it's it's mysterious very which yeah. is very neptune very, yeah, very super neptunian. why is this happening fentanyl you could create a neptunian drug would be you know that yeah <sighs> well you know this has been really really interesting and really good and i cannot wait for my listeners to tell me how fabulous it is and um I hope you guys will come back and we can talk maybe like on a fairly like semi-regular basis about, you know, what's happening now. Um, but would you, before I close, would you tell me, Lori, would you each tell me like how my listeners can find you? And um, if you're open for readings, that kind of stuff, Lori, what about you? Your astrologyofhappiness.com, correct? Astrologyofhappiness.com. And you can find me on TikTok. I'm spending a lot of time on TikTok these days. I can't. <laughs> I know. I, I, had to, we can do. I had to get over the hump because I just, you know, when you feel, you know, when you feel, I know when I feel the sign, you know what I mean? It's like, you know, this is the way I need to go. And it, for, I had tons of resistance. And then now I'm kind of like face first in it in a good way. I mean, if it brings you, you know, if it, if it makes you happy, it can't be all that bad, right? (laughs) Well, it's like, I've got, um, I've got a lot going on in Aries and including my Mercury. So for me, it's kind of the, okay, we're done. You know, there's something about that, that appeals. We, yeah, that Jupiter is going to make it even better, I think, you know, <laughs> or more. It'll be more. Okay, yeah. cool. So, and you are accepting clients for readings? I am. I am. Awesome. What about you, Jordan? Currently, still Instagram is the best way to reach me, but uh, I am planning to launch my website later this month in May, towards the end of May. Um, so yeah, and then you'll be able to book sessions with me there. Um, I probably will be jumping on TikTok myself soon. <laughs> um, Pull off the band-aid. I'm, Come on. <laughs> yeah, I, ha- I haven't yet, but. Um, well, you've I'm got the content, to- you know, because it's like TikTok requires you to make videos. And yeah. that's the thing that I'm resistant. I'm like, oh, I don't know, like if I'm clever enough, you know, to yeah. make cute little you know, videos, or even if I want to, cause I'm, I'm, I'm writing. I, I wrote a book, um, after my mom's death, a lot of it is about the process of her dying and me talking about my life mm-hmm. as I'm sort of talking about astrology. It's called Capricorn rising and astrological mm-hmm. life. And, um, I'm writing another book based on my mom has 
40 years of journals of all of her astrology and esoteric, you know, occult work. And I'm weaving a story, um, actually using the major arcana as a, as a structure. Oh. So I'm doing that. It's kind of more inwardy type stuff. Um, yeah, my progressed son just moved to Pisces in my third house. So oh. not so tricky, but kind of more like, on the, <laughs> right, right. No, you could be huge on there with that. You just got to find your audience and dive down into it. You know, I, I do know a little bit about the online thing. <laughs> Seriously. You do, yeah. 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 Like I'll, I'll, I'll do a consultation when I'm ready. Um, people would eat that up. It's not, you know, also about it being huge. You know, um, I know that like, I, I want to share, I want to share astrology. I want to share the things that have helped me in my life, um, the ability to navigate our way and to know ourselves more and to connect more with the, you know, the intelligent unfolding of the universe. That's my, mm-hmm. um, mm. but I love talking with you guys today. And um, so, so we can find Jordan at Astro, at Astro Banditry. Yep. Um, on IG and then an, an upcoming website. It'll be the same name. Yeah. Astrobanetry.com. I already have the domain okay, and everything. Sweet. I just Good. figuring out all the little mechanics I want to do for booking things. That's <laughs> um, yeah. And there'll be like some, an introductory sale when I do the website launch. So on, on all my readings, so I'll do it'll. Yeah. Like as a yeah, well, thing. I was thinking when Venus moves to Taurus might be a good time. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure well, I'm working on a project right now, so that's the thing. And I'm also on YouTube. I'm, I mean, only I, I, I very infrequently upload on there. But I, my big project that I'm trying to do is I'm working on these sort of like art film video essays where I play characters embodying the current transits and i've kind of messed <laughs> with that a little bit um already uh did like a video on saturn aquarius a few months ago <laughs> um, cool. i love them they are yeah. really really good okay i, I gotta yeah, see these so, gotta so i'm working on the uranus taurus video so that's the thing that's what's <laughs> on my plate right now um that'll be out in a few weeks and then after that i'll launch my website so big fun may is a big month for sure May is a big month. Well, I would love to have you guys on at the end of May. Um, and I am traveling to England this weekend and I'm going to be gone for 10 days and then I'll be back. But maybe at the end of May, we can talk about what's happened thus far. Um, maybe June. So I would love to have you guys back again. Thank yeah. you. That would be great. And I hope you have a fabulous, wonderful, delightful trip full of good surprises. <laughs> I'm hoping. I mean, what was I thinking? I booked this in the eclipse window. Um, but yeah, Hey, it's faded. It's meant to be. Yeah. Forward to it. And, um, yeah, I'm going to go see a show at the O2 arena and I'm going to go out in the country and you're going to meet people. Yeah. It'll be nice. It'll be nice. Um, super cool. Well, I'm going to get this up soon and thank you so much. I'm going to go ahead and, um, stop our share and I'm going to say thank you so much. You can find, um, Jordan and Lori at astrologyofhappiness.com and at astrobanditry on Instagram and then astrobanditry.com at the end of May sometime. Um, and thanks again for listening. Thank Thank you. you.